with me. I understand it's probably hard to see, but like all coins, it has two sides to it. Now, this is actually not a coin of currency. Um, I wanted to use a coin of currency, but I've spent all the money that Nikki gives me for my allowance, so um, I had to use this one. I asked uh, our treasurer Jody for an advance, but she laughed and rolled her eyes, so <laughs> I have this. But just imagine for a minute that this is a coin of currency. Two sides to it. If you were to say which side is more important than the other, the reality is, is that for it to be worth the value that it's worth, you would need both sides. If you had a coin that just had the side that we would call heads, and you tried to pass that off or use it, it's not going to have the value. You need both sides to the coin. But oftentimes what we try to do with a lot of things is we try to focus on one side or the other. We try to give more value to one side or the other. When you look at Jesus, we just went through communion, and you think about Jesus dying on the cross. One of the things that I hear talked about in the Christian community is, what was the reason that Jesus died on the cross? And you have one side saying, because we are terrible sinners. And that's what Scripture talks about. Romans talks about the fact that Jesus died on the cross for us because we are sinners. That's why. However, on the other side of the coin, John 3.16. Why did Jesus die on the cross? Because God so loved the world. So why did Jesus die on the cross? Was it because of your sin or was it because He loved you? And the answer is yes. You take away either side of that and you lose the truth of it. You lose the value of it. If you just try to focus on one side of it, you will miss out on the value of the cross. Because if you focus just on His love, you're not really going to get the depths of His love until you understand the depth of your sin. And until you understand the depth of your sin, you're not going to understand the depth of His love. And if you only see Him as going to the cross because it needed to be done, and you miss the fact that He loves you, you're going to miss out on the relationship that He wants to have with you. Do you see what I'm saying? And it's like so many things. You, you hear me talk about this a lot. We have this path where we're following Jesus. And on the path, just like the roads that we travel, the good roads, you have a ditch on both sides. And it's so easy to get off onto one side or the other. Well, this morning I want to talk about believing prayer. Believing prayer is like a coin. And on that coin, there are two sides that you must understand or you're going to miss out on the value of prayer. And I see people going in the Christian walk to one side or the other. On the one side, Scripture teaches 
that we can change things through prayer. Amen. Amen. You must understand that. If you don't understand that, you are going to fulfill what Scripture says as those who do not receive because you do not ask. But on the other side, we have those that don't understand that it is the will of God that matters. And that God did not give me believing prayer for me to go around and play God and decide what happens and what doesn't happen. You have those who talk as if I believe enough in something, God has to bring it through. Well, that's not what Scripture teaches. When Jesus went before the Father, before He went to the cross, He said, Lord, not my will, but Your will be done. Because He understood that in believing prayer, any kind of communication with the Lord, it was the Father's will that mattered. But yet, the miracles that Jesus saw and that others saw performed through Him were amazing. Why? Because He understood He needed to ask. That that was part of what God wanted Him to do. Part of the reason that God has us ask things, that God doesn't just do things, is because it forms a humility in us. Because we need to go before the Father. When we ask for something, we realize our neediness. Could God do it without you asking? Absolutely. Does He need you? No. There's not some missing part that He doesn't have that He needs you. But He forms it this way because He wants us to ask. God wants you to go and He wants you to ask. But at the same time, if you have in your mind that I can go and I can ask for things that are against God's will and He has to do it, you've missed it. You've missed out on what believing prayer is. And I find that people tend to go to one side or the other, one ditch or the other. Either they have this idea that I will pray for whatever I want and God has to come through, or they're over here on the other side and they're like, well, you know, it's just God's will and it really doesn't do me any good to pray. I heard a preacher in this area speaking to a crowd recently talk about how prayer is just for us in the sense that it only changes us. It doesn't really bring about results. That's not true. Does prayer change us? Absolutely. Is that part of the purpose? Absolutely. Does it change the outcome of things? Absolutely. Read your Bible. The Bible declares that. So, if we're going to walk in true believing prayer, we must be people that know when we pray something that is the will of God, it will happen. Is it possible it won't happen if we don't pray it, even though it's the will of God? Yes. Again, the Scripture says, we don't have because we do not ask. That's what the Scripture declares. But on the other side, we want to be people that understand that we are to pray the will of God. And so, when we pray, we want to ask God, God, how do I pray? All the things that came through Jesus, Jesus declared He did nothing but what He saw the Father doing. 
It was the Holy Spirit that led him. And it's so important as we go forward that we are people of believing prayer. That we don't get to a place where we stop praying because we're like, well, it's just the will of God. Whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen. I don't really make a difference. We don't want to get to the other side that says, if I pray, it has to happen. Because what you will see is that as you pray, not everything that you declare will happen. Because sometimes you're going to pray things that are not the will of God. And you can get into a place where you either reject God or you give up. If we're going to walk in believing prayer, we've got to be people who understand. We've got to pray the will of God. But we need to be people who pray, and we need to be people who believe. I want to look at a scripture this morning. It's found in the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, in chapter 17. And in this scripture, we're going to see Jesus talking about prayer, and we're going to see Jesus talking about faith. It is so important that when we pray, we have faith. But we need to understand what faith is, and we need to understand where our faith should be. Beginning in verse 5, this text starts with a question from the apostles. And the question was, show us how to increase our faith. Show us how to increase our faith. So real quickly, what are we talking about when we talk about faith? Faith is absolutely important. You go to Hebrews chapter 11, in verse 6, it says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And as you read through what faith is, faith is essentially trusting the Lord. It is more than just the English definition of believe, okay? It's not just, I believe God exists, it's trusting in Him, okay? It's trusting in Him to the point that it's the difference between, and you've probably heard this analogy, if you were to walk a, a high wire, it's the difference between saying, yes, I would walk that, and I will walk it and, and trust the Lord to provide for me. So when we talk about faith, it's trusting the Lord. It's not an intellectual descent that, yes, I believe God's going to come back. It's, I'm going to live my life differently because I know God is coming back and I know He will provide for me, okay? I mean, again, when you talk about money, for instance, if I trust the Lord, if I really trust the Lord, I'm going to do what He says with my money. So I'm going to tithe because I trust Him. But it's another thing to say, oh yes, I trust Him, but... You know, I'm a little short right here this month, so I'll try to catch it next month. I'm really not able to. Well, if I trust him, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to trust that he's going to provide for me. So when we talk about faith, we're talking about trusting God. But when you hear the response that God gives to the apostles, the Lord also understands something about our struggle with faith. Verse 6 says this, The Lord answered, If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, May you be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Now, first of all, in theory, you can hear that and go, Okay, yeah, yeah, you know, God can do anything. He created the world. He could do that. But seriously, how many of you have the faith 
that if you were standing by your neighbor on a tree that's maybe on the property line, and you're just standing there, and all of a sudden you sense God tell you, I want you to command that tree to be uprooted and thrown to the side. How many of you would have the faith to do that? I don't know that I would. I'm like, Lord, that's dumb. What's the purpose? Why would I do this? You see what I'm saying? It's one thing to have the, oh yeah, I believe God could do that. But would you really do this? Would you really say, I command you, be uprooted and thrown? That's where we find out whether we really believe. Now, here's the thing about it. Here's what the Lord is telling them. The Lord is telling them, he's comparing the faith to a mustard seed. You've probably heard before, the mustard seed is extremely small. His point is this. It's really not conditional. The, the real impact of it isn't conditional upon how much faith you have. Now, don't misunderstand me. Scripture, Jesus condemns people for their lack of faith, for the smallness of their faith. Okay, He wants them to have greater faith. But I want you to hear what he's communicating. He's saying, you know what? The biggest part of something miraculous happening is not conditional upon your faith. Honestly, it just takes a little bit for you to trust in the Lord. It's really up to the power of God to do things. And this is an encouragement to us that when God calls us to something, when He calls us to declare something, to pray something, that we would be bold in it, even if we don't understand it. Because the reality is, is that it's not up to us and our power, our faith. It's really up to the power of God. And He's asking us just to give Him what we have. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, God can do amazing things. You know, I've shared this before, but I, I mean, it just keeps coming back to me. One of my students in Guatemala, the reason that he came to the Lord, and this is a very humble man. I, I mean, if you met him, he's extremely humble. The reason he came to the Lord is because at his wife's funeral, a man said to him, if you will receive the Lord, if you will say, I'm giving it all to him, the Lord will raise your wife from the dead. And that's exactly what happened. And this is an extremely humble person. Uh, was the person who prayed over this person some great person themselves? No. But they had the faith to put themselves out there and to look totally stupid. They said, God, I'm willing to do this. And what I want you to hear is this is who God wants us to be. And this makes me cringe because I don't like to, do, I don't like to look stupid. I like to have everything, and I know some of you are thinking you're not doing a very good a job of that, but I try really hard not to look stupid. <laughs> I like to have everything mapped out. I like to have an idea of how things are going to go. I'm the guy who thinks through all the scenarios of what could happen. I'm not the guy who just bursts in and let's make this happen. I think through things because I don't like to look stupid. Now honestly, some of you have a personality, you'll just say whatever comes to you and you don't think through how it's going to go. Okay? 
And we could name some of you off. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but seriously, but here's the thing. If I'm going to be used of the Lord, why would the Lord give an example like this? Because there are going to be times when the Lord wants to do something like this to win somebody's heart. There is. I mean, again, thinking back to that student who's now given his life to the Lord because somebody did something. And when you look at the pattern of Jesus' ministry, again, we talked about this weeks ago, the, the, the miracles that Jesus would perform, the healings that He would perform. Did He do it because He loved people? Absolutely. But He was also trying to open their eyes so that they would trust Him and so that they would give their lives to Him. As we move forward and we talk about the darkness that's all around us, how can we make a difference in that? Well, we can't, but the Lord can. But the way that He uses us is when we're faithful to Him and we say, Lord, if You call me to do it, I will do it. And we've got to be people who are willing to look stupid in order to bring glory to the Lord. Or at least willing to put ourselves in a place where we could look stupid because if what we say doesn't happen, then, then we look like dipsticks. But the only way it could happen is if the Lord came through. But I don't like to do that. I, I, you know, if I want to do something for the Lord and it doesn't pan out, I, I, want, a, you know, I, I want a soft landing. I, I don't want to look like a complete idiot. But God is calling us to be people who believe who understand that we can change things by our prayer. Do you hear me? Okay, that's one side of the coin. There's another side to the coin. And if you don't understand the other side of the coin, you're not going to understand the words that Jesus speaks that comes right after this. Because in order to use people for mighty acts in order to open people's eyes and bring them to Him, in order to bring Him glory, He needs people who are humble. And you see, what He's about to say is because He knows what's in our hearts and He knew what was in the apostles' heart. And that was, we will use anything for our own glory. That's my flesh. And I've got to spot it, I've got to die to it, and I've got to reject it. Here were His words after that. He said, when a servant comes in plowing or taking care of sheep, does his master say, come in and eat with me? No. He says, go prepare my meal, put on your apron, and serve me while I eat. My kids will tell you this is how we treat them. Not really. <laughs> then you can eat later. And does the master thank the servant for doing what he is told what he was told to do? Of course not. In the same way, you obey me. When, when you obey me, you should say, we are unworthy servants who have simply done our duty. Now, if you've heard nothing but how much Jesus loves you and how you are a friend and not a servant, that's going to make no sense to you. You're going to be like, what? That's heresy. No, it's not. It's the same God who loves you. This is the other side of the coin. Are we sons and daughters? Absolutely. Did Jesus declare, no more do I call you servants, I call you friends? Yes, He did. 
But he's making a point here. He is king and he alone is king and he will always be king. I will never be king. I will always be a servant to Jesus. He will always be the king. Does he love me? Does he want to give me the kingdom? Yes, he does. Is he still in charge? Absolutely. So here it is. He loves you so much that He wants to perform amazing things through you. He wants you to pray for them, and He wants others to see it, and through it, they will come to Him. That's how much He loves you. He could do it without you, but He loves you so much, He wants to do things through you. However, it is so important that we have the attitude that we understand that we are just His servant. Because part of the reason the apostles wanted greater faith is the same reason that some of us pray for greater faith. Because we want to do great works so that others can look at us and go, wow, they're so amazing. I wish I could be just like them. That's our flesh. And that's why Jesus is speaking this to them. And He's basically saying, I'm going to do amazing things through you. But you must always point all the glory back to Me. Don't be the one who wants to point the glory to you. You are the servant. Point the glory to Me. If you don't understand that, and you don't understand that side of the coin, His words aren't going to make any sense here. You're going to think that He's uh, schizophrenic or something, and He's just jumping over here, and this makes no sense. Do you see both sides of the coin here? We must have amazing belief in the Lord, but at the same time, if He's going to do amazing things through us, we must have the humility that understands that it's all about Him and it has very little to do with me. You see, if I start thinking that great works are really conditional upon the amount of faith that I have, which faith is important, okay? Hear that. But if I start to put weight on the fact that it's my faith, then what's going to happen when God does great things? I'm going to be puffed up. I'm going to be like, yeah, look at my faith. Oh, I'm so good. Do you see what I'm saying? And then we go to the other point. We start cutting people down. Oh, oh, you weren't healed? Well, I prayed for you and I've got great faith. So... The only thing that that could mean is you don't have any faith. That, that, that's bad of you. you. You need to fix that. You see what I'm saying? Oh, the enemy's having a heyday there. He, he's, he's condemning somebody. But here's the reality. If I have faith as small as a mustard seed and I pray for something and it doesn't happen, you know what that means? That means that it wasn't the will of God. And see, we have this, again, we get confused because we're like, yes, but, you know, God's love, and when Jesus died, he ended the curse. Yes, he did, okay? But we have not seen the fullness of that yet. We haven't. Where did the curse come from? Where did the curse come from that causes me to suffer and to die? It was the result of my sin, but it came from God, it was his declaration. It was His will. Was it His best will? No, that's not what He really wants for me. But it was necessary. I don't get to decide what's necessary in this world and what's not. 
But what I need to be careful of is I don't get off in the ditch. I don't get off in the ditch of, well, I'm not even going to pray, and if I do, I'm not really going to have faith because it's God's will and He's just going to do what He wants. And I'm not going to get over here on the other ditch of, I am going to make things happen, and I'm going to change things, and it's going to be about my faith. Because it's not going to work. And the result is, either I condemn myself or I condemn others. That's the only way I get out of it. Or else I condemn God. He's not a loving God. Even if I don't do so outwardly, I end up doing it in my heart. Where does the value come? The value comes when I realize I am to pray the things that God tells me to. And I am to believe they will happen when He tells me to. I am not to get off into, well, it's just God's will, whatever happens. No, that's not what Scripture declares. My prayers make a difference. I will believe. But at the same time, when it doesn't happen, I'm not going to give up on God. I'm not going to blame others. I'm going to have faith, which is to trust God. And so you've heard me say this before, but here's my encouragement. Before we pray, we ask God, God, what do you want to, how do you want to move in this situation? Now, here's the reality, though. I find that when somebody I love is hurting and needs healing, I pray for healing. <laughs> I, I pray, I mean, unless God were to tell me something different, I'm, I'm praying for healing. That's what I'm going for. But, we must be humble enough to ask God, God, how do you want me to pray? What do you, what are you wanting to do here? Do you see what I'm saying? Because when we walk that out, we're going to be people that God can trust to do miraculous things through. As darkness continues to increase, we are going to see the power of light increase. On the one hand, the dark days will bring out a brighter light. But that's going to happen from people who are believing, from people who trust God even more. Are we going to be those people which side of the ditch are you leaning towards? Are you leaning towards the side of, I don't even know why I'm praying, it's just God's will? Are you leaning towards the side, I'm going to make something happen? No, that's not what we're called to do. We're called to ask God, God, what's your will? What do you want me to pray? And then we pray it. Let's be those people. Father, thank you that you include us in the things that you do. Thank you that you don't just leave us to the side of it, Lord. But at the same time, thank you that you don't put us in charge in the sense that our will is the will that's carried out because, Lord, my will's a mess. My flesh gets involved way too often. You've shown me that your will is best. So I pray that you would help us be a trusting people, 